um, fabulous just to yeah, really capture. Obviously, myself, I have very fond memories of seeing Josiah come into the world and unbelievable. It's life-changing, absolutely. So it's good. Uh, let's just pray. Let's just, before we get into the word, let's just ask God to come and um, yeah, just really minister to all of us. Lord God, we thank you. That your word is, is here, is fresh, it is alive. And Lord God, it is speaking this morning. And God, we just ask right now that you would come and you would bring your word for this morning. Your word for your people today. Lord God, that uh, my mind would be put aside and your mind would come through. And that your words would come through, Lord God. We give you all the glory, Lord God. All the praise. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jacob, can I get you to come and help me for a moment? Uh, in that little room just there, you'll find uh, several garbage bags. Can you bring them out and just sit them there? That'd be good. Uh, just amuse yourselves for a moment. I'm going that way. He's amazing. Can I just get you to, um, whilst I'm going here, you can listen as well. Um, can you just open the bags and tip the contents just onto the, the stage here? That'd be good. And the same on this side. Just while Jake's preparing, just make sure they stay on the stage. It's important. <laughs> Not at all. If you're taking notes this morning, uh, the title of today's message, which uh, if you were real savvy and real, real onto it, you would have seen that uh, I was actually meant to preach two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. Yet uh, I was unable to speak without coughing several times or stand up without getting the spins. So, yeah. I gave it to Tim, so we're just tagging. Um, and this was the title of the message then, and I pr- have prayed more about it. And I said, God, so was that something you didn't want me to say? And you just went, nah. And I believe that he actually said, no, I want you to say it. It's just the right time that you've got to say it. And this morning I'm believing that this is the right time. So title of today's message is Powerful Words. And I've just got a little thing that I've written here and I'm going to read it out. It's, ama- it's an amazing privilege to speak. God has given us this gift. Words can bring healing, can lead to salvation, can draw out confidence or tear someone apart, be cutting, nasty and evil. What are we doing with the words God has given us to share with others? Words can bring disease or they can bring healing. How you going? That's good. It's all right. My wife did comment on the size of the balloons. She'd say they're rather tiny. 
said, I'm okay with that. Don't need big balloons. I didn't tell you this one. I need you to keep them apart. I am. Now, if Amy Price was here, she would be going bananas. You hate balloons? Who else hates balloons? Put your hand up if you hate balloons. Rumbi. She knew I should have asked you to help me. Anyway. It's all right. Beautiful. Thank you, Jacob. You may take a seat. Give me a round of applause. Oh, that was nice from Josiah right at the back there. Joyce Meyer, uh, in, in my preparation for this, I was just looking around and typed in powerful words and had a bit of a search on the internet. And um, Joyce came up. Love Joyce. Um, and she actually does have a whole series and, and things on powerful words. And um, I looked at the sort of the, the, the catchphrase from her series and I loved it. It says, words are containers for power. They carry creative or destructive power, positive or negative power. So therefore, I titled today's message, Powerful Words. With... Uh, our series that Tim's going through about learning a new normal, God really impressed on my heart that what we say, what we use as words, is incredibly important in the concept of learning a new normal. If we are to learn a new normal, I believe we need to learn how to speak again. I believe we learn, need to learn how to actually say what God is wanting us to say in every situation. The balloon illustration. So why would I play that clip? Well, that clip's all about using a visual diagram about what about if we could see how much greenhouse gas we were putting out into the environment. And they did that via balloons. And I sort of caught this, this, this concept whilst um, blowing up balloons for Josiah's birthday party. All 60 to 70 of them. We were using a pump, and then it just broke. And so I was the hot wind machine. And I sat there, and I was just blowing them up, tying and throwing them on the ground. And I looked around, and I said, wow, that is a lot of hot air. That is a lot of my air captured in a balloon all around me. I mean, that's incredible. And... It made me think about that ad. And then it made me think about, what about if we were able to have balloons coming out of our mouth? (laughs) Of all the words that we say. Now, I'm going to be absolutely first to admit, I ramble. And I try really hard to keep it succinct and to keep it to the point. But I do. I use a lot of words. And my thought was, well, what about if we had, when we speak, and it says in the scriptures about speaking words of life and speaking words of death. What about if those those words of death came out as black balloons and those words of life came out as white balloons? It would be nice, nice to think that this was what would come out of our mouth all the time. 
But it's not the case. It looks like this, and for, I'm going to move this out of the way just to the side so you can see what I'm doing. It looks like this. In my mind, this worked. May not have so many black balloons. It's a mixture. We have white and we have black balloons that come out of our mouths every day. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if we could have a representation of that at the end of the day? What portion did we have happening in our lives that day? The white balloons, I, I thought about what do they really represent? And they represent, in my mind, truth, love and life. The black balloons... They represent lies, hate, and death. I'm sure that we can think of situations, and there's ones that probably come to our mind quite quickly, where we have thought about, oh, why did I say that? Why did I join in that conversation? Why did I join with those people thinking that, saying that? We think, oh, if I could go back and do that again, I would do it differently. God doesn't call us to live in regret. And thank the Lord that his salvation and his restoration for our lives is there every single day, every moment of every day. And we can come to him at any moment and say, God, I'm sorry. And he loves us so much that he restores us And brings us back to be able to speak and be able to have those white balloons start to flow. In all of this this morning, don't ever forget that. Don't ever lose sight that that's the reality of what God has for us. Can we all turn to James 3, please? I'm going to be reading uh, from verses 1 to 12. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Pause. I don't think I have ever been able to read that and and stop at that moment. I think I've always kept going in the whole thing about the taming of the tongue. But God stopped me at that moment and said, read it again. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. That is incredibly, incredibly descriptive and powerful. That if we are wanting to, and which we are called to, live lives like Christ, 
That there is telling me that if I watch this thing and if I pay attention to what's coming out of this thing, that I am on the right track. I, don't, I know that we will never be perfect men. Because it goes on to say, and we'll get there in a second, about uh, no man can tame the tongue. But I'd like to talk this morning about a couple of things about how we can influence the tongue. Reading on, verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot wants to to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body and it takes great it makes great boasts consider what a great forest is sorry consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark the tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body it corrupts the whole person sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Incredibly powerful words used there about the tongue. It says, um, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man, no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Last week I was really challenged by Tim and after talking with him after he spoke a couple of weeks ago, this is Tim Edwards, uh, where he was talking about having a, uh, being sane in a crazy world. I thought after he spoke and said, I'm just going to say this, and you know, I could leave it here. I I so thought he was going to leave it there and have a five-minute sermon. And I was challenged by that. And I thought, God, what do you want me to do when I'm talking about words? Because I know I ramble. Do you want me to just say something succinct, something written, and then sit down? And... I got challenged with a couple of points. God said you could do that, but at the moment, 
He goes, I want my people to hear three points about it. So I'm like, okay, cool. And the way he told me to do this is is a way that I get challenged with because he told me to tell it in stories. And I said, but I'll ramble in stories. (laughs) Over the last couple of times that I've preached, um, Sarah and I have worked on a different model where I've been very to the point and had points under points and, you know, it's been very laid out and directed and that's cool. And it's, it's been wonderful. But God said, no, I want, to do it. I want you to do it in stories. So I'm like, okay. I'm just going with you, God. So I've got three points. Three different situations and there's lots to talk about, obviously, with the way words can be used. Lots of different messages have come out of James 3. A lot of different points, tracks, everything have come out of that. I just want to take us through these three. How are words used? First point is the written word. And more importantly, the internet. The internet is full of words. And full of words that a lot of the time you can't see behind the tone. You can't see the idea behind what people are trying to say when they're asking a question or when they're making a point. There's been recent tragedies in, in Geelong that have come from words on the internet. And we've done lots of talking at school about what happens when you use words on the internet, when you say things over a blog or over a chat room. What are you actually doing there? And I had a wonderful chat with a young guy who used it so much. And after that, the incidences in Geelong, had a chat with me and we talked about his use of blogs and chats and things like that. And he had missed the concept as to understanding that he didn't, the person on the other end didn't totally understand what he was saying. He didn't say anything bad. He didn't do anything wrong. He was just, I suppose, shocked that I didn't know that all the time I was speaking to that person, they didn't really understand maybe fully what I was saying. And so out of a bad situation, some kids have been really opened up with their eyes to see how the use of that is so limited. And I'm for one, I don't like a text message because I can't tell them without four pages of a text how what I actually mean. If I'm using the phone, I dial a number. And I'll talk to them over the phone if I have to. More importantly, I'd love to catch up or I'd love to say, hey, I'll talk to you about this when I see you here. The written word can be so, so damaging. And yet, we have a written word that is so powerful. This written word has so much in it, 
so much guidance, so much leading in it, that we are able to lead our lives by this. So the written word can be powerful in a negative sense, but it can be powerful in a positive sense. And if we believe that these words in this book have been given by God through men as the inspired word of God, that will bring life to our situation. That will bring an amazing openness to our world if we fill our minds with this book of white balloons. Number two, the spoken word, a very common concept. Has anyone ever been caught off guard when they've been talking with someone? When you go along and and someone may have come up to you and you're in a rush or you're concentrating on something else and you just go, um, I don't know, la, 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 and then you're like, ah. That wasn't real good. Well, I'm going to be very open with you this morning. I had a terrible moment at school. And I had to ask for God's forgiveness. And I went back and and I actually asked for that person's forgiveness as well. One morning I was uh, heading into my office when someone said, Hey, Andy, you need to come and help us out in um, one of the sort of areas outside a couple of our rooms. And I said, yep, sure, no worries. Went up there and I said, what's, what's, what do you need me for? Someone's thrown up on the ground here near a classroom and we need someone to stay here and not let kids walk through it. And I'm like, excellent. Tick, tick that off on my weekly to-do list on my job description. So I stood there and it was, it was fine. I sort of just stood there as kids were entering the class and they're just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, good morning, welcome to class. And they're like, what? And I'm like, it's okay, just keep walking, keep walking. A couple of people looked behind me and went, oh. And I went, yep, keep walking. <coughs> anyway, it then happened that I said to another teacher that was walking past, I said, can you call the cleaner or someone to come and clean this up? Yep, no worries. Called a lady, came back with a, um, from the, one of the ladies from the office in a suit and pristine hair and everything. Came with a bucket and a mop. And I went, she's not going to clean this up. And I went, all right. So I said, thanks very much, no problems. And so I'm, you know, cleaning away and cleaned it all up, got rid of it. But whilst I was standing there, I'd been given some, um, some notes from students that we're going on an excursion, and so they gave me their permission forms. So anyway, without even thinking, there was a bin sitting just across from me. And so when I got the bucket and things, I just put them and sat them on top of the bin. I went and did everything I needed to do, went and threw it through. Anyway, and, um, and then I went and put the bucket and the mop back and then went back into my room and went on with it. And then someone asked me and they said, hey, where are those permission forms? And I went, um, one moment. And left, got into where I was before, not there. I'm like, oh, no. And then I went and opened the bin 
and they've been put in the bin. So I'm like, great, excellent. So I'm like upending myself into the bin, pulling out notes. No, that's not a note. And anyway, got all the notes and I just came back to the office and I just went, I think I need to just um, wake up again and start this day again. So I was filthy, I like smelt and it was not nice. And I had this appointment with this person and and so I, I went to this appointment and uh, this student was talking to me and sharing with me and I'm smelling myself going, oh, and um, caught up in the moment of what I was just dealing with. And she's sharing with me about um, some things that another person uh, was treating her like and... Um, I was I was um, in the situation where I was thinking, um, I am filthy and I'm dirty. I need to change, or I need to, and I'm just thinking down this track. And she's sharing with me, so a I wasn't listening to her really properly at all. And b when she said that about this other person who I know as a student as well. Um, wow, laughter from the back. Anyway. Um, when she said this, I was really disappointed with this person. And she was going on and, and on about it, which was great. She needed to get it all off her chest. And I just said, doesn't it make you just want to just grab him and shake him and punch him in the head? <laughs> and I went, uh... And she went on and she just went, oh, I know... You know, I wish you'd, wish you'd see what's going on. And I'm sitting there going. <laughs> and, uh, and we left. I didn't say anything else. And I left that situation. And I was a write-off for the rest of the day. And I went home, walked in the door, said, Sarah, I think I need to tell you something told her what had happened and um, and it was important that I, I then uh, I talked to Tim as well and I talked to him about that because you have a position in a school like a chaplain and man punching kids in heads is not the way it works so I, I, I said I'm going to go back to that, that student, that girl the next day and I'm going to sit her down and I'm going to say how how unprofessional that was, how inappropriate that was, and how that is totally not the way that it should be handled or anything like that. Anyway, I sat this, this girl down and I told her, and, and she said, what did you say? And I went, you didn't hear that? <laughs> and she goes, nah. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> but I needed to confess that. And uh, we, we talked that through and had a good laugh and, and, and whatnot, and g'day. And um, it, was, it was just something that, you know, when you get caught off guard, you can say things that, that you don't, that you haven't thought through. And I'm sure there's situations, maybe not like that, where you wanted to punch someone in the head, but I'm sure there's situations that we've walked away from and we've gone, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have been a part of that. Well, 
when we're tired and we lose focus, um, all sorts of things can happen. You can never take back what leaves your mouth. Never. It's how powerful words can be. In the scriptures it says in Psalm 19.14, May the words of my mouth and the, medit- and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Be aware that when we get caught off guard, that is hard to do. I should have taken myself out of that situation and said, I am not focusing at the moment in this. Can we catch up another time? Use things around you. Use your mind. Use your situation to be able to go, I need to remove myself before this stuff starts flowing out of my mouth. Spoken word again, but not knowing what to say. There's situations where uh, I was in uh, Africa on a missions trip with a with lady and uh, we were in this village and we were, we were meeting orphans and it was with Bushikuri Christian, um, which I don't know whether you know that, but I went over with them and we were working with the orphanage and the, the orphans over there and we went to this one place and it was really, really poor um, I needed to go to the toilet and they said you can't because it's about, like, we don't want you to go near it because you could fall in and people die all the time about falling in um, their toilets. And it's terrible. It's terrible. And um, so this was a, just a, a devastated area with this young boy that um, smiled so much when he saw us and... Um, we were leaving there and I thought we were just going to jump back in the car and head off to somewhere else. And some guys came up and started speaking in, a, in their native tongue and la 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 la. And, and um, I don't believe I just did that. Anyway, um, they, they asked us to get out of the car and, and the lady that was with us asked, can you come and, and see this lady? And I went, sure, who is she? And they said, no, no, just come. And I went, okay. And so we're going along and we walk up to this, this larger hut and um, I was walking with Pam and we're walking together and then this guy stopped us. And I went, sort of just looked at the lady who was with us. I said, can you help me out here? I don't know what, what do we do. And, he, and she said, Pam needs to stay. You need to go in. And I'm like, okay, I don't like going anywhere uh, without any of you guys. And they said, no, 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 you've got to go in. And I went, all right. So I walked into this room and I had these other guys standing there and they're saying, going like this. And so I'm just going, God, please help me. I don't know what I'm doing. And I walked up into this room and here on this bed is, she wasn't a lady. It was a, a body that was frail and disappearing. And uh, I got told by a guy that came in that um, she was about to die and you're a man of God and they heard that you were here and you need to pray for her. 
And I said, okay. And I went, I just sat there and I just got down next to her bed and I went, God, I have no idea what to say. What do I say? And I just knelt with her and I, I grabbed her hand, which was an amazing experience. And I held her hand and I just said, God. And I just, I, I knew that these, most of these guys didn't know English, so I was just able to say anything. And I just said, God, I don't know what to say. God, help me do what you want me to do in this situation. And God, if you want to take her home, you take her home. If you want to perform a miracle here, Lord God, then you go right ahead. I'm just being here. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And I went, amen. Sort of looked at the guys and they were like this. And then they sort of looked up to see whether I'd finished and I'd finished and nodding and all this. And I just went, turned around and walked out. Like I had no idea what to say and no idea what to do in that situation. Well, I'm thankful that I do have God and he does know what to do in every situation. And he knew what I was going to be like in that situation. And he knew that I was the right person to go into that situation and to kneel with that lady and to say whatever I said in that situation. God knows every situation. He knows every single circumstance and he knows what you're thinking. It would have been very easy for me to go, um, I can't do this. Turn around and walk away. God uses our faithfulness. He uses our circumstances where if we, if we allow him to give us the strength to step forward into situations, he will use that faithfulness. He will bless it and he will create things to make them happen. In Luke 21.15, it says, For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. God will give you wisdom. God will give you words that no one, no one can contradict. No one can tear down. Third thing is the unspoken word. In some situations, not saying something is, is worse than saying something. And I had this circumstance happen to me. It's really interesting, and I'm just going to sort of digress for a sec in that whatever God is speaking to me about in, in coming up with, like, talking about the message and preparing for a message, is he walks me through, <laughs> and it's um, interesting, to say the least. It's challenging, it's rewarding, it's amazing. And there was a moment where a teacher came past me from school, and was confused about an issue and they said and they said I'll be a real failure if I don't get that right won't I in passing and I'm like could quite easily just keep walking here and I'll walk where I was going and they'll walk where they're going because we're sort of having a conversation as we're walking together you know you can do that sometimes and then they just kept going 
And I paused and I said, if I don't say something here, I am saying that they will be a failure. And so I went, no, you won't. And I just said, you'll be fine. I said, whatever situation happens from that, whatever comes out of that, you'll be fine. And then kept going. How many times do we hear something and we go, yeah, too hard. We may not even be involved in the circumstance. We may not even be involved in that conversation. But God's a great God and he impresses on your heart when he wants you to enter a conversation, when he wants you to speak and what he wants you to say. Psalm 39, 1-3 says, I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. But when I was silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me, and as I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. It's talking about David here saying, I'm not going to say anything. Good or bad, I'm not saying anything. And his anguish increased until he spoke. Understand that God calls you to speak into situations. He doesn't call you to go, I will mute my mouth just because I don't want any black balloons. He wants you to speak. And so therefore, what can we be doing to influence our mouth, influence our tongue to saying things of God, saying things of a white balloon nature. There's two things that I came sort of to the conclusion with. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Very common, very popular Um, verse that's used and I just want us to turn there just for a moment just so we are once again aware where it is if we're not sure it's in Luke 6 45 let's just turn there and let's just read it again because this morning I want us to be filling our minds and our hearts with things that God is calling us to do not what we're not to do 6 45 We might actually just read that whole section, which is 43 to 45. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks what's in our heart. Where's your heart at? What are the things that we choose to place in our hearts? How do we place things in our heart? I believe that takes us to 
to point number two. One of the key ways in which we feed our hearts is through our mind. Romans 12.2. Let's turn there. Romans 12.2. And I'm actually going to read two different versions, one from the Message and one from the New Living Translation. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. The New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, what is good and pleasing and perfect. If we allow our hearts and our minds, our hearts to be transformed, sorry, our minds to be transformed and our hearts to receive from that transformation good things, perfect things from God, then out of our mouth will come godly things, will come good fruit. If we, therefore, are aware of what we have in our heart and what we choose to have enter our minds, then we are giving ourselves the best chance of speaking words of life and not words of death. I was challenged by, what do you watch on TV? What are you allowing your mind to consume? What books do you read? What do you look on on the internet? Is it filling your heart with things of God? Good things. I'd love to see in our lives, all of our lives, every single one of us, the understanding that God can come in and reach into our lives and take out every single one of those black balloons with a pin and just come through and pop them. And not only does he do that, but he then picks up white balloons and he can place them back into your life. God just doesn't, you know, and, and if, if he did for me at some stages, if he took away everything that was not right, that was not spoken with the right heart, with the right motive, the right attitude, and it was like a drum, and he took it all away, man, it would be empty. Because we all do things that make us fall over. We fall short. We all do. But what can we do? We can transform our minds. We can allow our hearts to be fed with great things, with good and perfect things from God, to then have them flowing out of our mouths.
This is the fruit of what is happening in here and in here. Let's go back to the root of the issue and then watch the result out of the mouth. Can I have the musos come up and play? That'd be good. Really felt when I was wrapping up the message is what what word, Lord God, if you gave me a word to be able to say, what would it be that you want people to take away? And he gave me the word proactive. Let's be proactive in our words. Let's be proactive with the things in our hearts and the things in our minds. Let's not just be reactional by saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that came out. I'm sorry that I entered that situation. Right now, right where we're at, let's be proactive. Let's be feeding our hearts and our minds with things of God, great things of God. And see the result out of our mouths. Are there situations in your life where you've spoken some words of death into? It may be a situation for yourself. I'll never be able to do that. I can't do that. I've been told I can't do that. I want to tell you a devastating story just to finish up. That's nice, isn't it? young girl came to me and said I had to do an assignment in class it's about genes about recessive and dominant genes and on this page work down you know recessive and dominant down the bottom of the page was two pictures one was a skinny girl and one was a large obese girl and they were trying to work out how does, you know, how does it work for you? This young girl came to me and said, I asked for another sheet because I don't fit in either of those situations. And the guy said, no, 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 you're that one. And I sat there with that girl and I said, that breaks my heart. To hear that she then went on and stopped eating on certain days, started to walk everywhere to try and change because someone told her she was that person. I said, you are perfect. I said, you are designed and you are created and you are you. I said, you're perfect. And I said, I would have liked to have seen another sheet come out, but it didn't happen. And I said, I want you to form in your own life how you feel about you. Have that as the foundation of who you are. And when other people say things that don't mesh with that foundation... You say that's not true 
as hard as it is, I know. And allow the foundation that's in your life to run your life. That broke my heart this week when I heard that. And I just want to encourage all of you, be proactive. Have that foundation in your life that is full of life. Have that foundation that you know who you are. You know what situation you're in with white and black black balloons. You know the situations that you've entered and you may have said something that wasn't right. Be proactive this morning. And just as we sing, I encourage you, write that stuff this morning. Don't let it sit on your heart. Don't let it sit in your head as, I'm bad, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. Write it now. Allow God to change that in your life right now. And come down and and it it doesn't have to be explained all the situation because God knows the situation. You can just come and we will pray with you. We will stand with you as brothers and sisters and just pray that God just changes those situations in your life. Church, let's be proactive this morning. Let's stand. We're going to sing. I just pray that God has touched your heart this morning and that he has allowed you to just start to change some things in your life, in your mind that you need to change. We all do. We all fall short. But God's a big God. He's our saviour. He's our creator. He's amazing. And you do wonderful things in your life. And he is and will and can continue to do. Bless you guys this morning. Let's sing.